0: What a motherfucker. It's the coolest spy story ever. Delicious little episode.
1: Go Pooj. What a shitty mess. You guys are assholes. I'm going to go spy on you. This is a strange cat.
0: <laughs> stupid. It's all horseshit.
1: We all jerked off to it. Welcome to People Time. Holy shit. People Time. Mm-hmm. 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 Welcome to the show. Uh, Program. Welcome to the Program. Yep. You fucking dabblers. There are so many of you now.
0: I can't keep count.
1: mm It just like keeps rising. 18 gazillion, I think.
0: So we love you guys for listening. Thanks so much. I'm into it. And keep spreading the word, and hopefully we can keep teaching people awesome facts about cool people in history. That's what we do here. Oh, we love it.
1: And we're spreading the love, so you can spread the love, so spread it yeah spread it spread it to your grandparents mm. and your cousins your homeschooled cousins <laughs> spread <laughs>
0: yeah. them and yeah, they, they have to listen to it in secret because they're not allowed to use the internet.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> so this can be their guilty thing that they do in the backyard and jerk off too
0: well and the good
1: news is that you know if they ever get caught they're like mom it's about history i'm learning hey that's actually a good point i mean it's a non-offensive name it is education based it is highly offensive once you listen to the audio, though. Don't... Fuck. ...tell anybody that. Yeah. Just show them. And you know, they're doing some inappropriate shit online because they're smarter with the internet than you are. Oh, yeah. You don't know how to block everything. They do, and they get around it, and they're on some shady shit, and we're yep. in there. <laughs> <laughs> People time. <laughs> People time with the shady shit for your kids. <laughs> oh, I don't Let's wanna... introduce children to Darkness. And perversion. But real factual darkness. Hey, it's the case, man. People are fucking weird and strange and creepy and perverted. Yeah. What a wonderful species we are. Welcome to the planet. Yeah. So uh, what is our fun fact of the day? Uh, The fun fact of the day is um, sort of contextual. So there is a temple in the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. Okay. It is called the... Kukulkan pyramid it's also called chichen itza or uh in spanish they call it el castillo if you're a tourist down there and you want to find it you got to tell the locals you're looking for el castillo just means the the castle anyway it was built (laughs) by the mayans okay and it's one of those when you think about mayan temple and then your brain goes why is that like egypt But then you go, I don't know, and it has steps that come down, and it was built around 600 A.D. or C.E. Common era. I prefer A.D. Year of our Lord. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's coming back, guys. I don't think they believed... They were
0: not Catholic or or Catholicism. The Mayans? Christ. Yeah, there's nothing like that (laughs) at all.
1: Well, that's... It kind of is. So, the Kulkulkan Pyramid, which I'm probably saying wrong, is in dedication to the god Kulkulkan, who is a winged serpent god. Right. And that is in the Mayan cosmogony. It it is closely related to the Aztec god Quetzalcoatl. Now, if you remember... (laughs) In 2012, mm-hmm, when, I do. When everybody went bananas because the Mayan calendar was ending. Yes, which is ridiculous. The funny thing is that it was actually a Mayan and Aztec calendar because they're sort of uh, they're they're friends. Yeah, I think <laughs> whatever killed the Mayans killed them, and a few of their ideas started the Aztec empire. Yeah, it's the same calendar. But Quetzalcoatl and Kukulkan are both, you know, uh, feathered serpent gods and mm. they they represent different things but feathered serpents what an odd fucking animal looking thing it makes me wonder if that maybe was a thing back then we just maybe it died uh, i don't uh-huh. know because well i don't know i think maybe the serpent because it's creepy and then feathers so it can fly and then it's extra creepy <laughs> 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 fuck it they can fly get us anywhere <laughs> that's a god i'll do whatever you say yeah well Khan was actually just like a regular kind of god he was the messenger spirit uh, that like the priests would talk to him and he would talk to the gods. But Quetzalcoatl, the Aztec version of him, is more like Jesus. He, he um He's a man-ish? He looks like a guy. He was a guy. Oh. And he was light-skinned. In fact, when Cortez came, the Aztecs thought he was Quetzalcoatl. That's funny. What? Which is fucked up because part of the mythology is that Quetzalcoatl is coming back.
0: Didn't he, like, wipe out a lot of them? Killed them all. Yeah.
1: More or less. But the uh yeah quetzalcoatl is supposed he's the jesus type where he's everything sucks but he's coming back guys Oh, fingers crossed so the Kukulkan pyramid is cool because it has on the spring and fall equinox it has a shadow formation that creates a serpent i remember learning about this yeah it's really it's kind of cool i mean you know people praise how the engineering is um I'm not too impressed personally. Yeah,
0: I do a lot of the stars, but also then they created shapes on the ground
1: along with it. I mean, if you need to do that, though, if you don't have Netflix, you're just looking at shit, (laughs) you know that, like, the shadows are different. I'm going to write that down. And then so they build a pyramid so that on one side of it, on the spring equinox, the steps create a shadow that makes a serpent. And it looks like it's like
0: running down the stairs, Running down the stairs. yeah. Yeah.
1: And then for the fall equinox, it's on the other side. And. Tourists go, like thousands of people go on the equinox to go look at this thing. And spring of this year, 2019, there were many tourists out there for the spring equinox to look at this shadow formation. And a giant dust devil, like, swirled out of the sky and landed in front of the temple. And I'm not kidding. You can, there's tons of videos (laughs) of it because everybody there was losing their fucking minds. It's coming back because it looks like a serpent coming out of the sky (laughs) that's cool so uh and it does the dust devil it's wild it looks like a snake like comes out of the sky and lands on the ground so i'm not particularly religious or spiritual or superstitious but i'm here to report that an angry you're a little stitious god (laughs) i'm a little stitious that's true (laughs) an angry ancient god has returned and uh this is end times people awesome I don't know. I don't know how better of a symbol you can get. Well, I think whoever, if if it's
0: he end times, it came back. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. i oh, gonna say no. If it's end times and this is what you're listening to, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> oh shit! I only got three days left to live. That's when it's gonna all come down. I better hurry and put in one more last episode of People I gotta, Time.
1: I gotta catch up on People Time. That's actually what we recommend. <laughs> yeah. That we be the last thing you hear on Earth <laughs> before <laughs> whatever your house crumbles on you or some hungry neighbors kill you for your water. Yeah. We should be the last voice that you hear. <laughs> well, hold on. What's your name? My name's Maynard. Maynard. God. What's your name? Shot and Freudian Slip. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Shodian? Yeah, and Freudian Slip. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. Kinda kinda explains what I'm doing here. So can I just call you for like a nickname for sure, like I wanna fuck my mom or Yeah, like I wanna fuck my mom. But you also want to be happy that I'm upset about it. Okay. I think that's how that works. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. It's pretty complicated. It's a good name. Yeah. I'm going to have people call me Shaden. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, who the fuck are we? What are we doing here?
0: Yeah. What I, is this? I haven't even told you who we are doing our People Time episode I literally don't know. We usually at least share the name a to each bit. other. Yeah. And then. That way we don't both research the same person because we also have a list that we work off of plus other people have put in requests. This is a request. Baller. So this is a request from, uh, I don't know if I should give her full name. She gave it to me, but Lindsay. Sure. Go, Lindsay. So she requested that we do Juan uh, Pujol Garcia. Fucking A. Well, I hope she enjoys this episode because this one was super fun to research. Hell yeah. Holy shit, yeah.
1: Does this have anything to do with the movie from the 90s, uh, Juan for a Million? I don't think so. Bummer. No. There were movies based
0: on this man, though. Hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: God, I'm so racist. I don't know any famous Wands. Well, I mean, yeah. Except, well, we did an episode where your name was Juan Love. Yeah, Juan Love. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) He's the Mexican reggae star.
0: Although I'm going to call him Pujol um, throughout most of the episode because his father's name was the exact
1: same name. His senior and junior kind of scenario. People should stop doing that, guys. I agree. It's confusing.
0: But, I mean, he was born in 1912, so, I mean, everybody was doing that for some reason in that time frame. Seems
1: like a traditional thing, but I don't want anybody else. It's my fucking name. But Juan is
0: known for being a real-life secret double agents. Oh, yes. I'm telling you, the shit that goes on in his life is like better than what Hollywood puts out. Spy stuff. So I put that out there because it's going to get a little convoluted. I tightened it up, I think, pretty
1: good so Bally. it's easy to follow. But he, and I, yeah, I have to ask on the outset, do you... How much of this do you think is speculative? Like, because he's a spy, what do we know is like we know.
0: No, I think we know everything. So Fuck, yeah. the reason why is... I, I was a little bit concerned with that too. Matter of fact, even through halfway through my research, I was still going like... Is uh, this real? Uh, but no, uh, I. You'll see near the end too why I trust you. Puj, is that we were calling him. Uh Pujol. Yeah, go Pooj. So Pujol was born in February fourteenth of nineteen twelve, as mm-hmm. I was saying, mm-hmm. uh, in Barcelona, Spain. Okay. So World uh, War One's starting, it's getting ready. Yeah. Look out! World War One's just a couple of years away. Mm-hmm. Um, his father, as I said, has the same name, and Juan the, Pujol
1: Garcia. And the Spanish flu. That works out because he was born in Spain, right?
0: Was the Spanish flu in on that time frame? In
1: 1918, it was the Spanish flu. Oh, yeah, so
0: not very far away. Luckily, Juan Puj- Pujol does not have any of effects on that. He doesn't, it doesn't affect he d- him.
1: He doesn't get the flu? Not as far as I found in my research. Go, Puj. I'm already a fan. I love people who don't get sick.
0: But if you do, you've got to reach out to... Uh, Jonas Salk? Thank you. <laughs>
1: he did study the flu. That's true. Jonah. Yeah. Yeah. Jo- yeah, Jonas Salk.
0: Well, anyway, so his father, wasn't anything necessarily too important. He was, you know, in a dye factory and he married his wife that they had four children. And um, Beautiful. Pujol was the third, you know, the
1: four children. It's a classic Spanish story.
0: Yeah. So uh, when he was seven years old, Pujol, his parents shipped him off to boarding school. He was really only about 20 miles away from where he lived hmm. and to start his education. The boarding school didn't allow them to leave except for on Sundays to go meet visitors. And his father would go visit him weekly. He'd go sp- travel hey. 20 miles to go hang out with his son for the Sunday and then drive back.
1: That is better than most stories we hear about, those charter schools. Yeah. Parents just drop him off and like...
0: Good luck, fucker. Figure it out. Yeah. I never liked your fucking face. So I thought that was a nice little thing that was going on there. Um, his mother was very Christian, Catholic, which was very big in Spain, mm. um, especially during this time frame. And I only really bring up that stuff because his father was more on the liberal side and his mother was kind of more on the conservative side. All right. And that kind of comes into play later. But there really isn't a whole lot going on with his childhood other than um, his father eventually gets him to come to a school that's closer to home through like a friend who runs a school that's closer. Hmm. And at age 13, Pooja gets into an argument with one of his teachers and decides he doesn't need any further education and he leaves to go apprentice to go be... At 13? Yeah. That's a tough kid. He goes and works at a hardware store. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah. So... The uh, Pooj does what the Pooj fucking wants. pooj uh. yeah. He's a badass. He's a, he's a very intelligent person, we'll find. And so, yeah, apparently he didn't need the, the, the rest of the education. Yeah. But he goes and kind of does a whole bunch of different occupations besides a hardware store. Mm. He manages like a cinema, because cinemas are kind of like a big deal. But uh, he goes on to manage a couple other small businesses, kind of like this, and then gets into animal husbandry, which I actually had to look up what the fuck animal husbandry exactly
1: meant. It's actually kind of broad. Where you marry animals. Yeah, you And then you're their husband. Them.
0: <laughs> you mate them. Yeah, you mate. Th- he specifically works with poultry, so I guess he's basically farming chickens. He's fucking a chicken? No, he's, he's a, a chicken fucker. Fucking. He finds chickens chicken and he fucker. makes them fuck.
1: Oh, that's so hot, though. Where if you get, like, two cocks to cock each other. <laughs> And then you just pull on your cock. Yeah. And that's what husbandry is. <laughs> that's
0: what human husbandry is too. <laughs> <laughs> hey honey, come check this out. Come look. Look at this. Look at this. Those
1: cocks are fighting. <laughs> it's cock fighting. Yeah. She's like, Isn't that illegal? Well um, well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to kind of, that's pretty much most
0: of his childhood. We're just kind of skipping ahead to when he's about 19 years old. It's 1931. Peugeot has to do a compulsory military service that's required by law. So he has to go in and do six months of service for Spain.
1: Sounds standard.
0: Yeah. So it's light artillery is what he goes into. And he stated to, uh, say that he hated it. He did not like it. Well, who would? He felt unsuited for a military career. And he said that he hated horseback riding and he felt that he lacked the essential qualities of loyalty generosity and honor wow I imagine that's what he told his military commander or whatever he's like look i'm not a good i kid don't, for this you don't want me
1: i don't have any honor dude no generosity have you seen what i do to chickens i'm not loyal <laughs> you don't want this shit around here he's like so here's the thing we actually called this meeting in because we noticed that you pulled two privates aside and made them jerk each other privates uh with their privates mm-hmm. and um we like it we think it's innovative we think it's great Like no, no no i can't do that i have no loyalty to you <laughs> i make two guys jerk each other everywhere i go yeah. so peace but he does do the
0: required six months so he does that he just is trying to make sure he's not going to be staying in there any longer um and he goes back to managing a farm with poultry again all righty barcelona and he does this until he's about 24 years old but unfortunately, during this time frame, 1936, mm. the Spanish Civil War begins. Now, I didn't really know that much about the Spanish Civil War. I'm not going to go too much into it because it doesn't have too much pertain with him other than what I'm going to explain now. But isn't it it's where, pretty crazy.
1: Like they had, they had a president who wanted to end slavery and then a bunch of racist people. None of that's true.
0: Yeah, so here's what I came up with, and I I went into it to a certain point, but then I kind of pulled out and let that be for another thing. But the Spanish Civil War has a lot of different things going on, it Mm. seems mostly to be coming down to eh, essentially two parties. There's an array of multiple parties, but two parties, and they're both the extremes. It's like communism versus fascism. That's (laughs) essentially, like, where we're at. Whoa, guys, calm down. There's some other parties that are more closer to
1: the center, but it's mostly these other two that are freaking out. So we can really say the Mussolini side which is the fascists or Hitler's side or we, Yeah. Well I mean that's the side that won the civil war cuz we're what do you say 1936? Yeah. So yeah, we're we're steadfast right in World War II, so pretty close. Mussolini's got to ramp up this war so he can start being Stalin's a Stalin's leader.
0: He's more on the communist side of course. Yeah. So he's been involved, same with Russia. Matter of fact, a lot of people are actually involved, a lot of countries are In involved. the Spanish Civil War? At least in some degree of maybe trying to push it one way or the other, or maybe oh. helping. I mean, even the U.S. went in there and I think dropped a couple bombs. Damn. Yeah. Hey, uh, look that stuff up if you can hear my voice. Yeah, it's it's got some interesting stuff. I'll go more into more of what Pujol was about, but mm. it, one thing to bring up which I thought was interesting was... Uh, the liberal side, which by the way is known as the Republican, which was confusing to me because I think Republican and I think yeah the other side.
1: They use different words over there.
0: I think honestly the the fascists were so far right that the communists <laughs> seem so Republican to that. <laughs> I don't know. They might just call it something else. They don't
1: want to kill everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're they're the most Republican of the two sides as far as being reasonably Republican. I don't and know.
1: Europe back then is just nuts. It's a nuts place.
0: Yeah. So these two sides, like the left side, is extreme left, communist, and uh, anti-religion as well. They actually do kind of like a war on religion. And yeah. then you got the right side, who's extreme, radical right of conservative Catholics who are wanting a fascist, a fascist dictatorship.
1: Well, fuck, Rome is over there nearby. Like they, uh. There's a lot of Catholicism over in the area. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's a big deal. Italy is right there. Yep. So they probably... Filter's over. And,
0: man, picking from those two sides to have to join on. What a shitty mess.
1: Yeah, well, that's a bunch of garbage. That's why being American's the best, man. Well, the there... only thing we pick is whatever the fuck I want to do. Yeah. And sports. <laughs> that's what we do over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I
0: mean, it really only the Spanish Civil War lasts three years and it ends in 1939 with the nationalist, right-wing, Catholic side winning the war. Oh, weird. Yeah, the fascist side. So
1: also oh, the fascist side is the Catholic side. Yeah, because I know communism is anti-religious, but I kind of always saw fascism as it too. But the fuck do I know? I guess. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, because the 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 Germans, the Nazis, claimed they were they were yeah uh, they lied to be Christian
0: oh yeah they lied about a lot of stuff they also lied saying they were left yeah but they were really fascist
1: a bunch of dicks pretty much don't trust anybody pretty much especially if they're named Hitler (laughs) yeah
0: I mean the reason why I bring up uh, his mother being Catholic and his father being leftist they're kind of on the different sides a little bit yeah and what happened was is when the war first broke out the civil war Pujol's sister's fiance was taken by the republican force which again is the communist side okay and later, Pujols' sister and his mother are arrested and charged for being counter-revolutionaries because the fascist side, which really they were still kind of—they weren't fascist before the war, but the the right side was winning. Right. Um, They were more in control before the war. Yeah, so it was the fascists who were in control, and the left communists were trying to overtake, and they failed. So
1: where does Juan fit into this? What was—does he give a shit? Well, it's funny you mention that because after
0: his mother and sister are arrested— the same people who arrested them, the Republican forces, the communists, they approach him and they're like, hey, you need to join us on the war. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that because you guys just did that to my family. Now, Dicks. his mother and sister do get rescued by a family relative who actually goes in and saves them from captivity, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But he's, yeah, he's bitter about that whole thing. So he's like, I'm not going to join you guys. You guys are assholes. I'm going to go spy on you. Yeah. So Pujol, who opposed the communist Republican government because they had arrested his family, um, instead he hid because they were trying to recruit him. That's fair. And force him into, you know, military. And so he hides at his girlfriend's home for quite a while until police raids are going through trying to find people. They find him and he's in prison for a week until the traditional resistance group. Hmm. Yeah, there's so many groups, by the way, in this um, called the Sacaro Blanco. They come in and they rescue him, and they give him fake identity papers, um, that show that Poodle's too old to go
1: join the war. No, he's clearly twenty.
0: So it only works on the paper side, right? So you hand that out to people, so hopefully they don't bug you. But of course, if they come and see you physically, they're like, "Wait a second, are you this guy?" He's like, "Yeah." But he's able to actually maintain it.
1: I drink from this magical well full of men's semen. Why that? That's just what he. That's how you stay youthful. I didn't know that was even a. The- mm-hmm. I think someone lied to you. Have you been drinking semen? You do the (laughs) pooge. You get a bucket. I mean, you look good, so I guess it's working. You dunk your face in there. Just (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Do the pooge. Yeah. It takes off like 20 years. The funny thing is, is he's
0: imprisoned by the communist side, rescued by the fascist side. Right. But he goes back towards the communist side to go manage a poultry farm. Why did they save him then? The fascists. I think they were just trying to fuck up the other side be like, let's just go free all the people that they've been imprisoning, probably people that are on our side.
1: That's actually kind of badass thing to do. Just cause chaos. Yeah. Like dicks. But he quickly decides he does not like
0: the Republican side, communist side, because work isn't going super well for the area that he's working in. They've taken over and mm. he's not making money in poultry anymore. So he's like, I've th- got an idea. I'm going to do.
1: Don't eat chicken. Yeah. He's
0: all – or he's just not getting paid enough what he was getting paid before or something. Communists are sharing everything. I don't know. So Pujol, he begins hating the communist side. So he uses fake papers because he's going to plan. He wants to go join hmm. the communist side using fake papers so he can – But they put him in jail. Oh, never, I don't want
1: to know. It's too much. It's ridiculous. All
0: oh, right. He's using fake papers. They didn't put this guy in jail. This guy doesn't even exist. Okay. But he's using fake papers so that way when he deserts, because that's his plan, they can't hunt him down.
1: That's pretty smart.
0: But he wants to desert over to the other side. So that's the easiest way for him to get over there. He's like, okay, I'll go ahead and join up. He tells him, like, look, I'll go lay down, you know, telephone wire so that way you guys have good telephone. And uh, it gets me close to the front. And so he does just that. He gives him the fake papers. Pooj is a lineman for the county. And the second he gets over there to the front, he... Defects to the other side and tells him, he's like, I'm on your guys' side. Pooj
1: is a clever motherfucker.
0: Well, it's funny because this is like the first real sign of him showing a little bit of trickery that he's able to kind of get away with. He
1: drives the main roads. Convincing people that he's going to do something that he's really not. So, is this like an inherent part of his personality where he's like, I can just trick people. I just come up with schemes. Dude, he becomes becomes a master at it. Schemer.
0: It doesn't really go well for him defecting over to the other side, though, because Pujol is treated just as bad, if not worse, by the fascists. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so he dislikes the fascist influences, and he is... Um, so Spain,
1: So it just sucks over
0: there. Yeah. Both, both of the major parties that are causing the war, seems like, both suck. Yeah. He's struck by his commander and imprisoned because he showed some sympathy for
1: basically the other side. He's like, you know, they're fascist, They're
0: not- fascists. They're extreme. They're like, I'm going to hit you in the face for saying anything that I don't agree with. I don't so know. So
1: it's like with me with Trump, like... Yeah, I disagree with you, but I don't don't want to kill you. Yeah. And then then for that, they were like,
0: get the fuck out! Yeah. So between his experiences with both sides, Pujol has a hatred for both communism and fascism. And by extension, he feels the same way about Nazi Germany and Soviet Union, who are both growing in power at this time. I like this cat. Yeah. Fuck those people. He has actually a fondness for uh, Britain, because, I mean, especially with... When you see those two options and then you got Britain, you're like, Britain seems to have a much better idea of what we should be honestly
1: trying to do. Fuck yeah. I gotta say, I'm not, you know, I was just I'm just mouthy about the Brits. I'm just mouthy. <laughs> yeah. After doing some people time stuff, I like the Brits. I love the Brits. You can't tell them what to do.
0: Uh, so he does I mean, he was over in with the nationalist army, the fascists. Hmm. They imprisoned him, but the war's ending, he gets discharged, and afterwards he meets and marries a woman named Arecelia Gonzalez. Aracilia. That's a yeah. nice name. It's pretty. And later they would
1: have a child named Joan Fernando, a son. Joan, a male name over there? J O A N, right? Joan. Yeah. So because yeah. I know Joan Rivers was born in in uh in Spain in about nineteen twenty <laughs> was a he and then and then wasn't a he and then was a funny lady and then died. Did he change his name? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Joan Rivers. What was it before? It was Joan Rivers. Oh, okay. But Joan, Joan Rivers, the man, was a Spanish warrior and then became a woman and a comedian and then died. I feel like I'm missing because I don't know who Joan Rivers is. Really? No. Have <laughs> hey, you seen uh, uh, Louis, Louis C.K.'s show? Yes. Remember when he does a stint in Vegas and he has sex with that really old comedian uh, lady? Oh yeah, I know who Joan Rivers. That's Joan Rivers. Is.
0: Oh yes,
1: she's dead. She's now. She's an
0: old comedian. She was never a man.
1: Yeah, she was born a man in Spain. See,
0: I didn't get the reference, so I didn't know how to. <laughs> yeah. All right, You're like you fucking asshole. God, I'm I'm 31. I'm not Joan Rivers. Yeah, I ain't watching her shit. I watched her on Lucy k I'm only 35. She's pretty famous, I should say. Yeah, she is that. famous.
1: I saw a thing on YouTube of a guy who claims to talk to ghosts, and uh, he talked to Joan Rivers, according to his YouTube page, and she's in hell. <laughs> That's a bummer. That's what, it, yeah. it's I wonder part, how her family feels about it's that. It's so goddamn <laughs> funny, because you can hear he's got some spirit box thing. He's like, is this Joan? And she's like, yeah. He's oh, like, boy. what's it like? And she's like, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid Uh, And I'm convinced That's enough for me Yeah
0: There's enough evidence Yeah you're a little stitchy. I'm a little (laughs) stitchy. So at the time of the Spanish Civil War ending Which I said was in 1939 You've got World War II Who's now bucking its head Fuck dude Yeah so it's it's 1939 And Germany has already been Not only making a lot of terrible attacks On their own oppressed Jewish civilians But they are also openly declaring war against Jews And starting their campaign to take over Europe
1: I'm a bunch of assholes. Yeah, they suck. You know what Nazis are? Dumb fuck mouth breathers. Mm-hmm. Don't know shit, backwoods. Peasant morons. Morons. Yeah. Nazi. Idiots. I love making that reference back to that Nazi. That um, we're going to bring it up forever. It's one of my favorite... Um, Keep saying it. Yeah. That's what we have to remember. Is this shit keeps happening over and over again. Yeah. We're still putting people in cages. I still love that there, there's American Nazis, that the name
0: Nazis in their name, they don't realize that... The Nazis didn't like being called Nazis. I love that.
1: What's amazing about it is that means that they clearly did not do a small amount of research Research. (laughs) before they were like, yeah, we're Nazis, dude. (laughs) Fuck the Jews and and the blacks. Oh, okay.
0: I'm an idiot who knows nothing. It all all makes sense, really. I'm going to put a swastika on my
1: face. Go, Nazis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so they start their campaign. Germany starts their campaign to take over Europe by invading Poland in September of 1939. Britain declares war shortly after Germany does this, actually, a couple days after. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Pujol is passionately against. Is that is, is that the war happening? Yeah, that's.
1: I'll just do war sounds while you the tell. The effects so people have. Confidence. Like it's
0: like one a couple bombs and one guy screaming. No. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: yeah. This is the World War Two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what they said while they were dying in it. Yeah. Oh. Okay.
1: Just want to announce
0: it. That makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. Was it called World War II during the time? <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. So because Pujol is passionate against fascism and obviously the Germans, the Nazi Germans, already seeing what happened in his own country, he kind of feels like um, he has some insight from the Spanish Civil War mm. of what could happen to all of Europe with fascism and that he actually kind of starts to believe like this might be the end of civilization.
1: That's a fucking great example. Yeah, where he sees like the fascists and the communists on his hometown. He's like, these motherfuckers are everywhere. You can't trust them. Yeah. That's a great way to... Yeah. And now he see that. the future, kind of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so he he doesn't want this to happen to all of Europe. He decides that he's going to go against the fascist Nazi Germany, and he says he's doing it for the good of humanity. Jesus, yeah. If you're going to do anything for humanity,
1: kill goddamn Hitler.
0: Yeah. So he thinks the best way to do this is to go to Britain, which he already likes their kind of government style. He likes D. And they're also the only ones at this time who were really the only adversity to Germany. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, so yeah, everybody kind of fucked that up. Yeah, I mean, French
0: the French get taken over pretty quickly, and it's yeah. not great. And
1: the French rollover jokes are a little old, but it's still the fact. Yeah, I mean, and
0: they they didn't think they were going to get attacked, but yeah. So Winston Churchill is now heading World War Two on his own. He's trying to convince America to join in, of course, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, America, America's nice. At least they they were first supplying, selling arms, and then they eventually just start giving the arms for free. Mm. But they still won't join. So in 1941, yeah. Pujol tries to join Britain in their fight and tells them that he wants to be a spy for Britain. Mm. So, but he runs into a problem right away. The British are not interested in employing a Spanish nobody that they've never heard of as a spy for Britain. It's not really that a surprise.
1: The Puig, <laughs> I spy
0: what <laughs> i think he wants to play a game of my spy with you what do you spy what do you spy oh this is sherman's fun. what <laughs> where fuck
1: the pooch is onto him
0: so Pujol actually attempts a couple times to become a british spy and eh, he's denied every time um yeah but he's not gonna give up this is the cool thing i like about poochial is he's determined to be useful to the britain empire even if he has to do it on his own mm-hmm. so he's gonna go be a spy by himself what yeah (laughs) (laughs) so he decides to go to he's gonna go be a german spy a fake german spy and then he can approach britain later and be like look now you've got an inside man who the germans thinks is a spy for their side so i can be a double agent for britain that's his idea
1: this is a strange cat yeah so is he is his plan to go like he plans to out like this to pretend to be a nazi and enlist or like steal a uniform
0: No, not exactly anything like that. Hmm. So here's what he does. In order to do this, Pujol creates his first fake identity in World War II, and it's quite clever. All right. He pretends to be a fanatically pro-Nazi Spanish government official who often travels to London on official business, and uh, he wants to be able to do that so he can have that connection with London so he can get back there. Mm. Now, Germany, um, they have an, uh, an embassy in Spain, but they're not really supposed to have military intelligence agencies there, like in the sense of... Military. Yeah. Nobody but, gives a shit about Spain. Yeah, but they totally do. Oh, they have one. The Germans have dicks through espionage. They they hide it, of course. Mm. But they have military intelligence, and it's in Madrid. It's called, Abwehr. Abwehr. It sounds French. A B. It's a W, but it's a V sound. So Abwehr. Uh, Abwehr. Now they have to do it like German, though. Abwehr. Volkswagen. Well, yeah. Anyways. Uh this is one of my favorite eggs. parts is eggs a- and milk uh und kinder eier mhm yeah Oh, that goes with my reference to my name. Perfect. Yep. Thank yep. you, sir.
1: No, I had to bring him back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so my favorite part about Abwehr is that it's set up for several functions in Madrid, but it's it has two main goals, and this is, this is my favorite part of Abwehr. One is to try to convince Spain to join Germany in the upcoming fight against the Allied forces, which they don't do, so that doesn't happen. Okay. As well as set up a very complex counterintelligence to go through any captured information that they retrieve and to evaluate the information if it was reliable or not and deem if it's something that could be useful or if it should just be thrown out as bullshit. All right. They hire on Poojal as a spy.
1: Because they're Nazis.
0: But my favorite part is they're supposed to be able to they're supposed to be looking for stuff and they just hired a spy who's definitely gonna be a spy for the other side. So not only do they hire him, but they teach him to be a better spy by <laughs> giving him a crash course of how to be a spy. They teach him how to do secret coded messages with invisible ink. They teach him, especially in that area.
1: Wait a minute. How? How? So he just walks into the Spanish embassy in like Berlin, I assume. The
0: German embassy that's in Spain. Okay.
1: And says, I am so-and-so. And they say, yes. And he's like, I am a spy. And they go, yes. And they just train him? So it is a little more complex than that. So he... He gets
0: paperwork. He forges paperwork yeah. to pretend to be somebody else who is this higher up Spanish government agent. All right. And he goes in and he has his own writings on this. And I actually like reading what he said. But mm. he's like, yeah, I, did, I put on a theatrical performance of being extremely nazi-like he went on there like ranting about how you know europe is stupid because britain's morons and they need to be demolished because they're in the way of the germans and all this stuff he he goes in and and
1: is frantic he's like you know what i was always thinking about fuck the jews and you guys you guys did it yeah you guys did it one of the things his is
0: tears of rage yeah he, no he seriously he goes in there like freaking out being like he says quoting I want to help the Germans um by defeating their despicable enemies their disgusting enemies yeah and like he's want he, he, those gays yeah um they give him a code book they give him <laughs> unbelievable yeah they give him all sorts of stuff he he had to convince him a little bit too As a matter of fact one of the things he had to go do was they were saying like, well, you're only gonna be useful if you can travel around, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, yeah, I'm I'm part of the government of Spain, so I can travel around. They're like, well, can you give us documents so we can show where you can go? Yeah, of he has to quickly run out and go have a printer forge him documents because he tricks the printer into believing that he's also a Spanish government agent and. He needs him to do it this way because that's to be secret. Pooge is a fucking talker, man. Apparently he was extremely good at lying. And matter of fact, he was very quick on his feet, very witty, and was able to string things together that just sounded believable. I love this dude. Like a lot of times of reading the research in here, I was like, this sounds ridiculous. And then as I get further and further in you realize that he's amazing at this. I love this dude, man. He's so cool. I love bullshitters. <laughs> yeah, right. So he goes back and shows them his paperwork. He's like, this is where I can travel. I can travel here and here and here. And they're like, all right, you're, you you could be useful. So here's all this crash course of how to be a spy. And then they also pay him 600 pounds for his expenses so he can travel to Britain. <laughs> so they're going to pay his way too. But he's also employed. So they're going to give him like, man, he's, he's, he's going to get money. And they're paying him in British money. They're paying him in Spanish money. Oh, yeah. yeah that's even better for him, I guess. Because he's Spanish. So they're yeah. like, yeah, hey, we'll pay that. So they give... Pujol the code name Alaric. That's his German code name. What his German it? spy, Alaric, Alaric, yeah. Alaric, Alaric. So I, I just love that. I love that the the German Nazi Germans who are supposed to be trying to make sure that they aren't getting incorrect information have just hired on a spy and taught him how to be a better spy, who will later give him give them incorrect information.
1: You would so think God. that like the what he does to fake paperwork would be something they would know about. You know, spies should know this shit. That's
0: true. As a matter of fact, Pujol actually says that the paperwork looked pretty decent and he felt pretty sure that it would trick the Germans, which it did. But if he actually went to go try to use that to travel, he probably would have gotten caught. So if it was used in Spain, they'd be like, this is fake,
1: but the Germans don't know shit.
0: Or maybe other countries, yeah. If he, like, landed somewhere else and they're like, let me see your papers, if he would have showed it, they probably would have noticed or
1: could have. Fucking talker, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let's see here. He doesn't go to he doesn't go to Britain though, so they're gonna pay his way to go to Britain. But instead, um, he obtains fuck that a fake Spanish uh, diplomatic passport by impersonating a Spanish um, embassy official. So he goes even further and mm-hmm. gets he gets the passport that can allow him to actually go to Lisbon, which is in a uh, Portugal. Okay, it's pretty close to Spain. It's just yeah, right there west. Yep. So he's not gonna go to Britain. That's where he tells his German buddies that he just got hired for what do they know i believe he does this for a couple reasons one of them is i don't think he actually wants people to know where he is you know if he gets (laughs) caught it's better to be in a completely different country (laughs) yeah and so he's gonna go hang out in lipson so now that Pujol has gained the trust of the germans is a spy for them essentially even though he's really not Mm. he decides that he's gonna obtain as much information as you can and then he wants to go talk to britain and present himself as a valuable spy for the british because he's now an inside man.
1: Yeah, that's his thing. Yeah. So
0: he starts collecting information. Some of it's pretty decent, but he can't even get an interview with anyone over in Britain. Can't even get them to talk to him or anything.
1: Well, they're in the middle
0: of a war, man, and I bet they wouldn't trust. Like, yeah. Who's this fucking guy? So Pujol's just like, I'll just continue being a spy on my own then. That's fine.
1: That is so fucking funny. Yeah, I'll keep getting I've information. Never heard of an unaffiliated spy.
0: Yeah. He's just he's doing work Whatever as best he, he can and there's yeah, he doesn't have anybody that's overseeing him being like, We need you to do this or do that. He's like a freelancer spy. Freelancer <laughs> spy.
1: <laughs> that's that's hard income.
0: Yeah. Well, he's getting paid by the by the enemy too, so it's yeah. fucking awesome. Fuck, dude. That's, so the Germans amazing. believe that Pujol's in London, um, but he's really in Lipson. Pujol has a German handler, by the way, that he has to report to called Carl Erik Cthulhuenal. It means Pussy boy. Yeah. In German. Funny stuff comes up with him a little bit later, but yeah. It means
1: pussy boy. Yeah.
0: And this is who Pujol reports to, and the Germans are already expecting him to start sending reports. Like, they sent him off. They're like, okay, hey, start giving us whatever information you can. Yeah. The problem is Pujol's never been to London. He's never been yeah. to Britain. He doesn't know how the British people act, their personalities, their culture. Mm. He doesn't really know anything. He doesn't know the area.
1: It's just tea and dry humor.
0: Um, yeah, but he doesn't know that, unfortunately.
1: That's true. They didn't have Netflix.
0: They didn't. Oh, I love I love their humor. I know. You're a big fan. So he's got these two problems. One of them is he doesn't know that much about Britons, and he's mm. got a report on them. But also, if you were to send a report, his letters would be marked with postal stamps from <laughs> Lipson. So he's like, i got to figure out these two problems. So he solves one of them by going to the library. He actually picks up a lot of different things that are going to be Britain-related. He even picks up military lingo and translations for those lingo, as well as from books. Yeah, sweet. So they might have been old, but they were at least enough for him to get away with. Um, he also picks up maps. He's even smart enough to pick up magazines that are British magazines, and he takes advertisements for companies that have their business like addresses and stuff. Yeah. And he takes that so that way he can use it as reference points that are current and makes it sound like he's there.
1: That's fucking clever. He's just clever and cleverer.
0: Yeah, he's resourceful. He's clever. This
1: section of People Time is brought to you by libraries. I love libraries. You can fucking figure out anything over there.
0: (laughs) So Pujol, he goes and gets all this stuff from the library so he can learn more about Britain and the area and what people are like. Um, He also figures out the best way to make it so his postage that's going to come from Libsyn makes sense. He sends a letter to his handler, Carl, Mm -hmm. and he says to him, he's like, hey, so I'm in Britain and I'm going to send letters. And I found a pilot who will actually take my letters for a dollar a letter over to libson he'll mail it from libson so it's cheaper well his whole plan was saying is like like he's telling him he's like
1: dude this is a great steal <laughs> this is so much cheaper than if i send it straight he sells here. it
0: even better he says well the britons will now have a harder time of capturing you know yeah. intercepting That's, our messages
1: yeah. there is a spy logic to that yeah yeah i i'm gonna i'm gonna adopt that when i'm at the strip club i'm gonna have the stripper text my wife and tell her well it's it's because if she, it's so, if wait, so <clears throat> she sends it <sighs> and then I just go home, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Yeah, yeah, I'm not as clever as the pooj. You're
0: not, nope, that's all right. Pujol was very, very clever, so dude, I yeah, he figured it out. I kind of water this down a bit. Uh, you have to understand how good he is at giving the details and all this. He's not just telling even his handler, which he probably could have left at by like. Look, this is a better way so that way Britain can't capture what we're doing. He goes into detail saying that he met this pilot. This is what the pilot's name is. By the way, this pilot's fictional. It doesn't exist. Jack Johnson. He talks about how he had to convince the pilot by lying to the pilot. So he's lying in his lies. (laughs) It's awesome. That the reason why he had to use the pilot to do this is because he's actually been exiled from his homeland. And he's not supposed to be in communication with his family. But he wants to be able to talk to them. So he'll pay him some money. And the guy has sympathy for him. The pilot does. That's how good lies work, though. Well, and it, and it's like I don't know. He just he does this kind of style thing, like where he thinks like, he can like
1: put himself in a false scenario and be like, what would I actually? How would I actually act there? So or, it seems realistic.
0: Or why would I be doing this? And rather than just coming up something that's like face value, he like, well, I'm gonna have a conversation with the guy. What would that yeah. be like? What would I tell him? I have to. I can't tell him I'm a spy. So I'd have to tell him that I'm. Yeah. You know. So he I'd goes convince through him it.
1: to Like poosh somebody and then yeah, break, like a whole backstory.
0: I mean, he also had to even find out if there was a plane that went from. London to Lipson which yeah. he found out, and he's like, "Oh, thank God, there's there's some travel there." So thank you, library. Yeah, exactly. He's never been to Britain, but he has to report on all this stuff that's going on in Britain. So he has to keep up something to make the Germans happy that he's giving them. It's fucking slick. Whatever he can, so he starts creating his fictional informants. I love <laughs> this
1: <laughs> fictional informants. Yes,
0: he has a lot of them. He should have just been a novelist. Yeah, he creates. Oh, this is better, I guess. Funny you say that because the whole time I was picturing this would happen if JRR Tolkien, rather than writing fantasy, decided to go be a spy.
2: Mm. Because
0: it's detailed stuff. Like I'm surprised at one point he didn't come through and be like, "Yeah, this guy speaks Elven, so only I can talk to him." Like, oh crap, Elven's not real, so I gotta <laughs> right, right. shit. I have to make up a whole new language. Fuck I'll me. call it something else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so... Okay, so but now we need a history. Oh shit, I gotta sit
0: down. Dude, like he's he gets detailed in his stuff. He his first couple of guys that he creates, um, Agent One, Carvalho, he gives these people backstories and everything. Like huh. they have problems, like wife problems, money problems. Why would
1: he so uh, so the scenario is that these are people that he's he's picking up in London. He's to contacting them as if they could possibly
0: he meets them, he judges if there is something that seems like, Hey, this guy seems to be anti British
1: or maybe he's pro Nazi. How does he know? Start a conversation with them. How does he know that spies do that? How does he know that... I don't know. Like, how does he know that uh, his contact, uh, the German guy... Yeah. How does he not go, why is there so much fucking detail?
0: Well, the good news is that Ulrich doesn't necessarily always divulge all this information to his German handler. He creates them himself and creates a backstory. And yeah. The idea is that he's fleshing them out, so he may not give every single detail, but he almost has reasons of why they might do certain things because he's kind of given them a personality. So he's just... He's just a novelist who's helping the right
1: yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. the Nazis with my characters,
0: yeah, so he doesn't necessarily tell the Germans like this guy has money issues, you need to pay him more or like he's struggling or whatever, he just comes yeah. up with that stuff and writes it down and logs it for this profile this made up fictional character yeah and then if something comes up later on where they're like i want to know about this guy what can he do he can go through and not only does it keep track of stuff he's already said before but
1: he's all like he would probably be something like this because he has this kind of personality jesus pooj yeah that is detailed you know what that's that's exactly what people time is doing tila tequila's ghost and tom wheels (laughs) justice for tom wheels justice for tom wheels these people are killing nazis Like, that's maybe subtextual, but it's happening. Yeah. That's why they're here. Yeah. Tom Cruise is, sit down! Eat, eat up! Use your... He never eats his crackers. Eat your crackers! Kill another Nazi! Kill him! Okay. He is a lot shorter than I thought he was, you know... Surprisingly short. It's weird. You look at him, you're like, how are you famous? Why didn't anyone just put you in a little box and say, oh, that's cute? Yeah. That's what I did. Took him home. (laughs) He's in a little box. He's just in a little (laughs) box. Not eating his crackers. Never. Just
0: so he creates this, this, uh, his first agent, agent one, who is going to be monitoring the English channel area. He creates a British man who is a Swiss German descent named Gerbers. Yeah. He gives him like descents and all that shit. That's awesome. Who would report on the traffic of the busy harbor of Liverpool, as well as the northwest of Britain. He also has his wow. agent three, which is a well off Venezuela man who identified as Pedro. Who received an education in Glasgow and is signed to work in Scotland, and he essentially is creating these people to all be in certain areas to have a good outlook on all of Britain. Yeah, and that will make the Germans
1: happy, and it does. And sex stuff, right? He's writing down. Like those are later in his. <laughs> that's probably in the secret, secret notes. <laughs> the secret, secret. We don't know about those. <laughs> but yeah, so Agent he, One gave it to Agent Three, and yeah. that's a whole novel worth. Yeah. it's it's like a love story fleshed out the pooj maneuver
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but he'll go on to create many more fictional agents and sub agents and informants so cool so but he starts to give the germans the idea that they have a decent scope around all of britain they're they're they have people that are watching and can report back. And he's re- he's writing reports for each one. And he keeps their personalities together. So Jesus. If one seems aggressive, that guy's notes are more aggressive. If one seems dry or dull or whatever. And the Germans
1: are probably thinking like, this guy is dope. Yeah. Because he gets he gets people like that. Bam, bam, bam.
0: And it took him a little bit of time, but he slowly does it. He does it a reasonable amount of time to make it so he's like, I got this guy. He's now a contact. It's not like he did one, two, three, and bam. Well, yeah, but, but he does. I bet being a real spy is tough.
1: And he's just yeah. in a hotel room in... In
0: Lipson. He's in not Lipson. even in Britain.
1: And <laughs> as far as they know, like, man, this is a fucking great spy. Dude, they... We they, need to listen to him. They first
0: are kind of... They're impressed, um, and they like that they think he is somewhat valuable, yeah. so...
1: And like, he's fucking thorough, too. So, right here it says Agent 3 has genital warts, which I guess is not entirely necessary to know, but that's how thorough he is. Yeah. he's genital warts. He prefers <laughs> dark ales. Yeah. Um, he has this great fishing story from when he was growing up. Yeah. It's a lot of... St- that, that one has suspiciously daddy Suspiciously a lot of stuff. Suspiciously a Luckily, lot of stuff. Luckily, he doesn't...
0: Like I was saying, he doesn't divulge everything. It's to keep some of it. But I love that he has it. Yeah. That's <laughs> the yeah. <has> stored. <laughs> so Pujol, pretending to be a spy for Germany, he has uh, to perform a balancing act of giving the Germans enough information that it seems like it's valuable, but he also can't actually give them any real information. One, he doesn't have it. Yeah. But two, even if he did, I mean, you got to think, he can't be divulging stuff to the enemy that... You know, he wants them to
1: think it's real. Well, and even if he makes stuff up, there's a fear that they have other spies that will give them competing information.
0: That's true, but
1: luckily Pujol does not run into this
0: issue, and he starts making up a ton of shit. Like, bullshit. Sweet, But he's very good at it.
1: Winston Churchill? He's gay. (laughs) I found one of my contacts (laughs) on that.
0: Pujol starts off by mostly giving really just nonsense. Like, fake military units that don't even exist... Fake military movement of those fake military no, units. No, that's
1: smart, because yeah. they're they're gonna yeah they're, they're not gonna who discount can, that.
0: And who can who can disagree with them if they're like that doesn't exist? Who are you asking? Like maybe that person doesn't know as much as well, our guy does, or yeah. maybe he. they
1: will go. No, I have this spy who's fucking great. Yeah, and he told me this shit. So I don't know who your spy is. Yep, my dude knows. He gives fake battleships, um, that don't exist
0: and their movements, but he makes sure that their movements are places where the Germans won't know about or can't see.
1: So and the English have no idea about this, obviously. No, they don't. That is so cool.
0: And, uh... <laughs> That's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it's it's all horseshit. he's giving them. He doesn't give anything important away ever. He's using like real addresses and shit that he got from his maps and, and different company names and Jesus. things as like secret stuff that's going on in Britain. But none of it's true with what's going on. So God the funny it, part that you brought up with the British not knowing about any of this is the British start to find Pujols' false information coming back to them as they have been cracking German codes. Oh my God. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, they're fi- yeah, they're finding a bunch of information That's that originally came from Pujol. It gets passed around, and then they find it through you know, fuck yes, coded messages fuck that yes. they've intercepted. We can now tell that the Germans did take in
1: his they information, it. thinking it was real, because they passed it around to other people. So they, uh, the British, were intercepting what they believed was you know espionage shit that Germans have, and they're like, what.
0: Yeah, so that's exactly it. So, (laughs) this is where it gets kind of funny is so the British were actually getting really good at cracking the Germans' codes. The Germans did not know this. And so they were passing codes around that had some information. I mean, not all of it, of course, was coming from Mm -hmm. what Pujol was writing. It was all sorts of stuff, but they were starting to get sprinkles of Pujol's information. And it didn't make sense to them. They were confused. Like, wait, what? So they read them and they're like, okay, so the information's accurate when it comes to locations that are happening in Britain, but. All the rest is bullshit. Like, these military units don't exist. This battleship doesn't exist. These movements don't exist. Does that make them think
1: that... The Germans are idiots? Or are they onto it where they're like... So they're confused. They're like Do we have a black, black, black ops (laughs) that only the queen knows about? (laughs) Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. Winston Churchill and the queen. No. (laughs) That's it. No, No, it's just the queen. They believe either they have a spy that has... the queen herself. She
1: just writes this (laughs) shit. She's like, this is so funny.
0: No, they believe that the Germans either have a spy that has inaccurate information and they don't know why or how. Maybe they got bad info and they've been passing around. Or they think that basically there's somebody that... Essentially, it sounds like somebody who is talking about Britain in a personal level who's never actually been to Britain, which is they amazing call- because that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, they call it. But they're like, it's still funky. We don't understand why. We think we have a spy among us. It still should be handled critically. Like, we should find out what's going on and probably
1: pull the spy out by yeah, outing him. If we can find out who it is and and. Well, and the funny thing is I think the first assumption would be that it's a German spy – who sucks, who doesn't want to do his job, and is just pretending to do his job. they're like, awesome. So they have a spy who doesn't give a shit. Yeah. I don't want to keep running. (laughs) Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, let it go. Because not knowing that Pooj is actually on their side, they would just think, oh, so this one guy is so goddamn lazy, he's just going to make this shit up. (laughs) Yeah. That's- hey man, that he's creating a whole other black ops that they don't even need to pay for. Yeah, the Germans are paying for
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the enemy's paying for it. God, Pusch is awesome. But they even catch actually a couple of mistakes that Puschel makes in some of his letters that they've been he's been sending out. For instance, one of his letters that he wrote to the Germans, he states that he has an agent who says he can get any information from the Scottish because they would do anything for a liter of wine. Now, this one line is apparently has huge holes in it. Mm. Um, one is they don't use that kind of measurement. Liter. Le- liter. Yeah, they don't. And then also the Scottish don't care for wine. I was going to say, no, yeah, I've never heard Ale that. Ale and liquor is their thing, I guess. So Yeah, I
1: think the Scots like like whiskey and bourbon
0: yeah they see this and they're like this is like wrong though yeah but um, pujol didn't know they didn't use the leader
1: and never been there dude <laughs> exactly yeah And you didn't know they didn't like wine that's like i was a spy once and i was spying on maine and i reported back to my my holders i was like you know in maine they love a uh a flag and a ale get anybody to talk to you for a flag and, a ale. <laughs> yeah. and they're like wait a minute how yeah. did they say flagging in Maine? The
0: good news was that Pujol's um,
1: letters were
0: so like long and detailed, that kind of stuff might have gotten missed as he was giving out other information. Yeah. False information, but information nonetheless that they thought that was real. But th- I'm sorry, you said this is the Germans being suspicious? No, this is British. Oh, okay. So British are the ones who are in- intercepting them, and they're reading this stuff about Britain, about yeah. Scotland, and they're like, Like, Scottish wine? the fuck is going on here Nobody that doesn't can make grow any sense.
1: Nobody up there. Yeah.
0: So they do decide they're going to try to expose this this spy that they don't know about, which is Pujol, mm-hmm. and because uh, they, they're afraid that maybe this person is just gonna further penetrate and actually might get real information. Mm. Um, luckily for both Pujol and Britain, though, uh, Britain soon receives a letter from Pujol stating that he's infiltrated the German military <laughs> intelligence, that he's acting as a spy for them, but he really actually wants to come over to Britain, right. Give the information he's been getting, this, and this is so convoluted, be a double agent for Britain in the funniest way, yeah. And the funny thing is Britain like gets this as they are starting to kind of hone down a little bit they they start to believe that the spy they know he's not in Britain and they're like right. uh, we think he might actually be in Lipson." So they're starting to hone down oh, where he's at. But that letter comes through. and They want to find out if the spy that they just got a letter from is the spy Alric. They even know the, the spy's name. Oh, the German his handler. Yeah, not his handler, but his code name.
1: Oh, right 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his
0: code name is Alric. Alric. Yeah. Right. At the same time, they pull him over. They're like, hey, come over to Britain. And they immediately start interrogating him, of oh, course. Oh, they actually get, and he goes? Yeah, he goes. They, they write back to him. They're like, yeah, come on over. And he's like, perfect. I'm going to go be a spy for Britain like I was trying to before. i have been trying to do? immediately are like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, and they, for nine months they interrogate him. Nine months? Nine months. Come on. But the Britons were very he's- skeptical of anybody coming over. They thought he was a spy for their side, even if... He's
1: better for your cause than Lipson.
0: Yeah, but they also were like, maybe this is the Germans doing all this weird stuff to start a backstory for this spy to come be a spy for us, but really he's a double agent, triple how agent my- for Germany. Yeah, they- how many levels is that? I don't know. It's like eight levels of it's intrigue. A big backstory to make him so. Anyway, so they- that's what they're afraid of, at least. But luckily, Pujol is able to not only produce copies of his own letters that he's been sending to the Germans for a while, being like, "Well, I'm definitely Ulrich. Here's my letters," yeah. and so he proves that he's that guy. And they're like, cool, we can actually match this up against other stuff that we've intercepted. And it matches up with being Ulrich. But how do we still not know you're a spy? He then starts giving them all of his stuff that the Germans have been sending to him because they've also been giving him information to look into and what they were like wanting to find out about. So he starts giving that to all of them. And over time, they eventually believe him. And he tells them the stories of why he's doing it, like how he went about doing it. I applied. Fake. I applied.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he tells them. You weren't interested. Yeah. So I just did it.
0: But so yeah, after he gives them all this information, he tells them the stories of how he's created all these fictional characters, where they're at. He gives them all the background details, is explaining to them that like... And laughing hysterically, right? The whole time. Dude, they're they're (laughs) impressed. They start going like, okay, we believe you. You're going to come work for Britain. And this
1: is amazing. They're like, so you have a character named Tila Tequila's ghost? (laughs) She lives in uh, Berlin and whatever.
0: Yeah. When he tells him the story about how he got the Germans to even allow him with his theatrical, you know, display of being a Nazi enthusiast or whatever, there was a – at at the time in the 1920s and 1930s, there was an actress that was really well-known and Greta Garbo, who was just a little bit before Hedy Lamarr. Hedy Lamarr was a lot bigger. I've heard the name. But Greta Garbo at the time was considered to be the best actress in the world. And when he told him all these stories – they're like, no, Pujol's the greatest actor in the world. So we're going to give him Codename <laughs> Garbo is his codename. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so he's now got two codenames. He's got the German code name and he's got the British
1: codename. This is so many levels. Yeah. And how, I mean, how psyched was, must you feel? Because that's what he's been working towards, is to work for the Brits. Yeah. And not only does he work for them, they give him a kick-ass name. Not only that, he, he was already doing a whole bunch of awesome shit before he was working yeah. for them. Yeah. That's like when I was spying on Maine the name I got was because they decided I was the greatest actor ever they were like your agent Ray Liotta and I was like oh, Ray what Liotta Ray Liotta who's Ray Liotta he's the greatest actor of all time what's his first name Ray <laughs> Ray, Ray Liotta
0: what am I missing here
1: how do you not know the greatest actor of well, all time will you give me references like at work with for god's sake uh, he's in casino oh my god not, nothing no I see here. Oh, they called me codenamed Kate Hudson, the greatest actor of all time. I felt I felt completed. <laughs> so British
0: MI5, which is the British counterintelligence oh, yeah. government. So uh, they it's thought like the
1: CIA for them. Uh,
0: I think there's like MI5 and MI6. MI5 is like counter spy, counter intelligence, what? all that kind of shit. God, we're we'll have to people time that. Yeah. So they assigned a case officer named Tommy Harris to mm. Pujol. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Harris is pretty well known, uh, from my understanding, in Britain. So he was a great pick to oversee Pujol because he saw Pujol's genius in creating fictional characters and making it sound extremely believable. Um, but was safe not to actually give not only anything important away, but also he didn't do anything stupid that made it seem like it was fake. So he essentially kind of lets him just basically keep doing what he was doing and gives him free reign to do what but he thinks is best. They let him stay in London. Oh, yeah. To make it look more legit. So the Germans Fine expecting nothing sight. at all with these new letters that are coming from Pujol that's now in Britain. Um, and with the U.S. is now finally joining the Allies in the war, Pujol's German handler Carl wrote back to him, and they are worried about a possible British invasion now that the U.S. is getting involved. And it was vital that he provide any information for their plans that he can get. Hmm. And Pujol decides that he's going to add um, and a lot of fictional informants to provide to the Germans that are located all over Europe and other countries to help get networking to be able to find as much information that they're looking for on this. And by the way, the Germans are also paying for all of his fictional characters. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, so they're paying their salaries. So I have this guy, but yeah, he needs some money every week.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he's giving you information, and he yeah. keeps on giving them like light information here—nothing that's really that
1: big. Most of it's fake still, but they don't know that, so they're like, "This is great, keep it coming." I mean, I guess really, that just makes the story more legitimate to ask for money for them. Yeah, it's not like selfish. So much as it well, just you're, backs up this the story. guy's
0: doing dangerous stuff, and if he gets caught, he'll probably be killed or at least in prison. Yeah. So pay him. But uh, it's funny because as he creates all these fictional characters, Pujol, Thomas, uh, Tommy Harris, and an assistant now are all having to write for some of these people because Uh, it's becoming a lot of work. Yeah, And um, they're trying to write to contain as much confusing bulk as possible. They're trying to make it seem like we're trying to be secret so we don't get caught, but they're really just kind of inflating with a bunch of nonsense under that disguise while they sprinkle in low-level facts. And they're now... Now that he's actually with Britain, he can actually not only get low-level facts that they can approve that he can provide, mm-hmm. to get legitimacy for this spy that's not really a
1: spy for German. I mean, it sucks that, yeah, you have to give real shit, but yeah, you're going to have to really, back up something. But they really don't give anything valuable. They're like... Not at this point. They're like, we found that uh, Martha on Red Street grows rutabagas. <laughs> I found that out. It's a fact. Yeah. It's a fact. Check it out. Yeah, she's 90. She's 90. She has no affiliation towards England. She hates all this shit. Uh, She might be pro-Nazi. I haven't asked her. She's terrifying. She
0: might be helpful in this cause. Who knows? I'll strap a bomb to her and just push her into a bank or something.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Martha, you want
0: to kill some shit? (laughs) She's probably ready to go. She's probably happy to do it. I'm so so fucking sick of Rutabagas. (laughs) I just
1: want to (laughs) die. Some info. Like
0: He does give some military movements. But it's not like they're actually going anywhere. He just says, like, I noticed these ships were here and they're leaving to this direction. And then the Germans are able to fly by, see that that's happening and be like, he's telling the truth. But yeah, not knowing where the U.S. was going to invade, the Germans had to secure an entire coast of northern France. The Allies are about to launch the attack Operation Torch. Boom. Yeah, so as you mentioned before in our episode of Eisenhower, yep. the Axis is currently controlling um, Northern Africa, and that's mm-hmm. what Torch is going to go do. They
1: wanted the pyramids for some goddamn reason. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of I'm stitious. They are super superstitious, the Nazis. They believe in all kinds of weird shit. Yeah. Ark of the Covenant, etc.
0: Which was just supposedly Hitler was trying to really look for, supposedly. Yeah, yeah, some people he really found it. But Pujol was worried that the Germans believed that with all the supposed spies that they, they that they had through him, right. that if you didn't give them any information on Operation Torch, mm-hmm. that it was just too big of a thing, that they would then suspect that either a he's not a spy for them, or or b that he's an idiot. because <laughs> this is a big operation. Because he knows about Operation Torch. Pujol already knows about it months in advance. Yeah, that's what sucks. because you have to give him something. So he's very
1: clever with give this. him something like. They're going to Africa.
0: Pujol, knowing the Operation Torch is going to happen, decides that he's going to write letters to the German handler, Carl, stating that one of his fictitious men's, Gerber's, was ill in bed. That was Agent 2, by the way. Okay. That was mentioned earlier. He's ill in bed and has not been able to give any reports coming from that region, which is the region where he stationed Gerber. Perfect. Fake, Mm -hmm. around that area. Yep. Of where Operation Torch is going to be happening. He later then writes... Not too long after that, Gerber died from the illness. Oh, no. He even has MI5 write an obituary about him. Not as MI5, but just generally like obituary. Giving the full name that he gave the Germans and everything. Stating when he died. And he sends that newspaper clipping to the Germans. Fuck, Fuck. my dude died. And he's even like saddened by it when he writes in the letters. He's like, yeah, man, this was one of my good agents. The thing was,
1: he was a really nice guy. And he... Okay, he was addicted to radishes. Nobody really knew what the deal was (laughs) with that. But... Took him to his grave. Yeah. He just shit red for days and days and days. But this gives him a loophole because
0: his main agent who would know that area is no longer there. He's still going to give the Germans the information, mm. but it's now delayed because he has to have somebody else give the information that's not in the area. So what he does to maintain further credibility, he gives Germans accurate information of the ships when they were going to leave port. When they're going to attack, where they're going to attack, oh. everything. He gives the Germans everything and when it comes MI5 to Operation Torch. Cool with that. Oh, he's yeah, he's keeping in communication the whole time with MI5 what his plan is. Boy, Why would they be cool with that? Because he writes the date on the letter a week before Operation
1: Torch is going to happen.
0: And he makes sure that the post lost, doesn't go out until a week after. <laughs> Operation torch happens.
1: So this would have worked out great, but fuck the
0: post office, am I right? That is exactly what the Germans believe. Am, they believe it. Am I right, Hitler? So the Germans go, oh, Fuck the post office. When they get it, they're like, This information is incredible. He just gave us all the stuff that was perfect that we would have needed. Unfortunately, Jesus. because of wartime post, it was delayed. That is so goddamn perfect. And that one guy earlier died who was in the area who probably would have given it sooner, but he died. What they you, have no reason to believe that this guy's fake.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They think he's, I, now they, more than ever, they not only think that this was so great of information because they're like, okay, hey, we've been getting some pretty decent information from him. Nothing we could really use in sense, yeah. but we, we're getting operations that are going on. But yeah, when something big actually happened, this guy sent over the stuff and just the stupid post. So they're so happy with him that they give him a raise.
1: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And he he writes in his letter like, and I'm still all for the cause. When we when we've taken over the planet, we're gonna holocaust all postal workers because <laughs> yeah. that this is on them. Well, not only do they give him
0: a raise, they give every single one of his fictional characters a fifty percent raise. And they pay for Agent Three's
1: funeral just to be nice.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't see that, but that's been awesome. No, they're doing. I mean, Jesus God, yeah. It's... Like
1: you're doing great job. Yeah. Good Christ, I'm going to become a spy. It's too it's, easy.
0: Uh, I don't think it's that easy. It's think, too easy.
1: and Pujol's amazing. Now. Hey, I got a whole list of fake people I can assign shit to. Yeah, so they're
0: super happy. Like, this is the information we're looking for. And then they start flooding Pujol. They're like, okay, this is the stuff we want to know about then. If you can get your hands on this kind of stuff. And they start pinpointing specific things that they'd like to find out about. Yeah. And Pujol's like, this is going to take a lot of work. So he actually has to tell the... Germans that this is going to take a lot of work so I have to hire on another person to help me and he creates another fictional character to help him who needs to be paid to get paid more money and then he is essentially having the British intelligence help him go through all this stuff continue to and they're paying them to do it so fucking awesome yeah they are Nazis (laughs) yeah he does say it's a lot of work here's the thing up until this point here's what he's been doing with his letters he writes out a fake letter Mm -hmm. to a person that doesn't exist that is family. He's writing out like a lovey like hi, miss you, blah, blah, blah. That's the letter that is going through the post. Mm-hmm. What he's writing between the lines, he's using invisible ink that oh. has to have a very specific thing to it has a very specific chemical that you have to use yeah, to p- be able to read it. P It's, it's, it's your, not P though, luckily. <laughs> not not in this case. Oh. That was used in World War Two. Urine and semen was used as invisible ink. Yeah,
1: that's what I'd read. It but like. they're
0: actually using like chemicals that would would not show up easily unless you have the right agent to pull it up oh uh, so it's semen and pee mixed together <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what you gotta
1: do yeah. that's the pooge.
0: but he has to write all of his letters in between these so he has to first create a fake letter that sounds like a normal letter to a family member or whatever right and then he has to write handwrite all this crap in in between the lines and it's it's a lot he's writing long letters from multiple fictional characters that so he's he, made up he's just a fucking novelist yeah I and mean, he spends he, that's what he
1: does that's what he does yeah that's amazing
0: and it becomes too much and so mi5 tells him like look man we got to find another way of doing this this is too crazy what if we convince the germans that we should do this over the radio and we'll just use a different kind of you know secret code or whatever seems dangerous well he tells the germans this and they love it because one it's instantaneous almost right it's like i'm getting information right away yeah so we also just had a huge attack happen that if we would have known about it it would have been awesome, but it got lost in the mail. Let's not let that happen again. So, right. okay, over the radio sounds great. So they're on board. The problem is, is that he thinks, Pujol thinks, that he doesn't want any holes or flaws. So he starts creating more characters. You got to. And he's, he's also wanting to convince them that he's got this whole entire network going that's helping them out. So he's a spy master to them. Yep.
1: When really he just has a whiteboard full of fake names. Yeah, just a, a books probably at this point. I don't Jesus. know. He's just got just basic character info on there yeah so you got you got john he's fancy he likes donuts yeah you got nancy she's sassy as hell <laughs> so <laughs> sassy yeah and he's just a list of these people no, because and when no one's around he takes all his clothes off and has a party with them in his mind so because remember his agent gerber died yeah. gerber's right oh,
0: it was so sad yeah it was a bummer so he has to replace him He's gotta find a place someone that's gonna fill that spot so he can keep getting yeah, intelligent Nancy. information too.
1: Sassy Nancy.
0: He actually creates three more fictional characters and he gives them you know, gives one of them a higher ranking, he's a well placed British official that's a Spanish that's in the Spanish Department of Ministry of Information. Hmm. And he's an informant called J three, gives him a cool fun name. Be
1: careful, you don't wanna give his full name.
0: Agent 5, who was the brother of Agent 3, Pedro, if you remember him. Right. Agent 5 joins his brother in Scotland so they can work together as a team. They love wine. Agent, yeah. Up there. <laughs> and Agent 6, who Pujol had decided was violently anti-Russian and was uh, to report from the far North Africa, which is where the other guy who died, okay, uh, Gerber's. Is. So that's a convenient... <laughs>
1: He conveniently lives in Africa.
0: Northern hey, Africa. Check this out. Well, he actually says he posts them there. He actually sends them down there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So all these agents and sub-agents all come from Pujol's imagination, obviously. He gave them all backgrounds, creates them purposely to fit well for the information without being too convenient, but makes sense with what's going on in the scenario. Yeah. And they're all extremely believable to the Germans. They all believe they exist. Fuck me, dude. Yeah. And kind of, we already talked about this before because it came up earlier. But yeah, historians believe that he created these ones to be so fleshed out so that he could keep track of them better and to make them sound more realistic as people rather than as Fuck. just a quick little eh, this guy. And that's all he is. And
1: there yeah, I mean, back. he has to because they're. Their, the, the likelihood that they will catch on to him because they got spice too. They know how that shit works. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to make it real. So every morning he wakes up and like details what all five of them did that morning. He's probably like, I wonder what this one had for breakfast. I wonder what this one had for breakfast. This one's allergic to eggs for yeah. some reason. Yeah. So agent three had a weirdly big shit that morning. He was a little <laughs> curious about it, but he was like, eh, I had a lot of meat last night. Yeah. And agent four, he's like, you know, they woke up with a headache because he drank too much and he fucked that girl, but he, you know, he didn't wear a condom, so now he's like, oh no, VD. Agent, <laughs> I can keep going Yeah, Agent 7 God she's amazing <laughs> She's amazing In bed Everywhere And out bed In bed and out bed uh, In That's the shower just, He just writes that <laughs> In bed out bed In bed out bed Great <laughs> That's what he writes in his letter
0: Yeah so he's convinced the Germans that they have a legitimate um, And powerful spy network going on in Britain When really they have zero spy network going on in Britain and uh, they're sending that, secret messages to is Pujol. Is that true? The
1: Germans don't have any any legitimate shit up there?
0: They might have had it through some other people, but they, they think Pujol is the key guy. So that's what they're... They're throwing all their stuff on there. As far yeah. as I'm aware, I didn't know they had any others. They might have, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I didn't see anything about it.
1: That's fucking amazing. Yeah.
0: Unbeknownst to the Germans, the British have already cracked the German code and were intercepting some of the messages. This becomes kind of a big deal because they're trying to find out how much influence they have with Pujols and his... Imaginary, yeah. Friends. Yeah. Uh, imaginary friends yeah friends, yeah so because they're sending secrets to pujol and they had been this whole time but they start sending a lot of big secrets and they're trying to find out also if they trust pujol's words that he's sending the germans so what they do is they start capturing other stuff hmm. from other resources other um coded german secrets and they're now trying to like back it up against pujol's stuff that they're sending pujol Germans are sending, okay so they're like okay how much are they giving to Pujol and how accurate is it and they determined that not only is Pujol getting more like getting the information quicker than what they're sending out to other people like Pujol is kind of like a critical like they're like give him this information see how much he can get back for this but they also are getting more detailed information to Pujol so the British will go crack a code find the letter read it and then be like, cool. This is what all this information has. And then they go look and be like, they told this to Pujol too. They told it to him much earlier and mm. Pujol's is way more detailed. So Pujol's the guy right now for the Germans, yeah. according to them. It's, re- it's real. Well, they're like, we might as well give him as much info as we can because he's reliable and he's going to be able to give us stuff back on the stuff we need to know about. So just give him whatever yeah. to get a, you
1: know, what we need. Well, we get the most info from his agent, Barbara, but we have to pay Barbara a lot because she has a drinking problem. But she she runs a nail salon, you know, she's got two kids from different fathers, but we have to pay for her, because she knows everything. For some reason, she's fucking a general and told her everything about Operation Torch. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Barbara can, can suck the info out of a dude. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Don't be offended to me, this is all pooch. Yeah. Yeah
0: yeah pooge, <laughs> so they realize that they've created a brilliant weapon that they can now use against the Germans in the Allied invasion of France. Mm. They can feed information to Germans and it can be completely bullshit if they need to beautiful so Operation overlord is coming up what yep d day june sixth nineteen forty four here we go, so that's what we're looking at here overall um commander of Operation overlord general dwight D. Eisenhower what Knew that this was going to be one of the riskiest moments of the war, and it was very critical and important that they were able to get this done correctly. Mm-hmm. So, at the time for the German side, they had Field Marshal Erwin Rommel. Yeah, yeah,
1: Rommel, some new torch.
0: So he Before. was uh, handpicked by Hitler to lead the defenses of the Normandy region.
1: Yeah, I think Rommel was like his favorite,
0: Hitler's favorite on the ground dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Probably a dickhead. Uh, he's supposed to be really good. As a matter of fact, I mean, when it comes to Normandy, yeah. um, Erwin Rommel laid down huge and heavy defenses with millions of beachfront landmines. He does machine gun bunkers that are backed up with a ton of infantry. Yeah. Uh, or infantry. I've,
1: I've seen Saving Private
0: Ryan. Yep. Yeah, hundreds of miles of coastline of barbed wire <laughs> and gruesome <laughs> obstacles.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that was that was a clip from. From Saving Private yeah, Ryan. We just
1: played that. <laughs> oh, my guts are out. I'm gonna put them back in. <clears throat> Saving Private Ryan. What a f- phenomenal That's Vin a Diesel. Movie. Vin Diesel movie. Vin Diesel.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my god. So the uh, Germans were sure that the uh, the Germans were sure that the Allied forces were going to invade. But they didn't really know when and they didn't really know where. They had a couple good guesses, and Normandy was definitely one of the guesses. Yeah. but It's a big channel. Yeah. The Germans successfully kind of also understood that they thought the Allied forces were going to kind of attack. Put everything on one card. Like, they're going to do all of it at once. They're going to get a big, giant attack. And if it works, it's probably going to work in their favor. If it doesn't, though, we win the war. So they were trying to find out where the big attack was coming. Now, Pujol... Uh-huh. Is under the idea of being like, if I can fool the Germans of when and where, um, then Come maybe on. the invasion will work out
1: perfectly fine. They're gonna take off from the Scottish wineries. <laughs> That's where they're <laughs> gonna take off from. Yeah, and the Germans are like, "Oh shit, we gotta hurry. This is real." <laughs> about a month
0: before Operation Overlord is going to happen, Pujol he already knows about it. He's gotten this information, yeah, and he's been provided reports of the Allied forces' actual movements, so that way he makes sure not to give right. fake movements that end up. Accidentally being the the real ones, right? He doesn't know. Yeah. If he doesn't know where they are, and he starts giving fake movements, it happens to match up. Yeah. So he's so they're giving him actual information. Um, Pujo begins writing many letters containing false information to the military movements. Again, he's actually doing what he did, what he originally was doing before the British, uh, you know, adopted him. <laughs> he's giving complete bullshit. He's like a fake unit, like
1: completely doesn't even exist. It's huge. Though, Here's dude. their movements. God, he, it's fucked the biggest unit I've ever seen. It's gonna take off from way far away. Yeah. Norway. No,
0: he gives them like names. Check, check out. Like this is the troop 52nd brigade or whatever yeah. kind of a thing. And he say, he gives them even symbols on their trucks. Like this one had a it's duck right. with a red background. Like he gives like all these. It's run by commander John Travolta. Yeah. Look out. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, who's this John Travolta what? got?
1: You better shape up. <laughs> Cause I need a Jew. <laughs>
0: Yeah, go grease lightning. Dude, that's no joke. Yeah. They're gonna grease straight across the channel. So he gives all this information completely made up, but uh along with sprinkle with some facts mm-hmm. to kind of help out. Um pretty much telling the Germans that what they've already expected, um, he he says there's a lot of movement going on. Mm. Um and he does give that kind of real information where he's like this big giant army just came in and landed here. And this big giant army came in and landed over here. But he's not quite given the exact right coordinations on purpose. Right. But this kind of feeds the idea of the Germans to kind of figure out for themselves, like, something big's going to happen. We are already expecting it. And here's our our spy guys talking about it. Yeah. Something's happening. It also gains more legitimacy of this spy that they have on the inside. Because... They like, have a fucking... Like team, anybody to help him out? It's just him. It's like him and Tommy, um, and they have some assistants to help, I think. Wow. I'm sure they have a lot of other teams from other departments that are probably coming and feeding yeah, them information. I
1: guess that's true. But these two guys are like really but running like, the show. But like every day to sit down and to go, to this stuff. okay, this is the fake shit. This is the real shit. Let's let's parse it out. Make like, like, sure, we don't accidentally God. get the real shit. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: a lot. No, they they seem to be very well organized, especially, I mean, Pujol just, I mean, he's creating fictional characters so well that he doesn't fly. get them mixed up the only time he's ever fucked up is because he's given information about a place he's never been to. Right. And so he's made it up and it it didn't quite line up
1: beforehand. Yeah. Most of the time
0: he does, but the British and the U S military are building up uh, in Britain. 40 It's massive. As you were saying before in Eisenhower, it's 3 million men and they're, it's like moving a city. As a matter of fact, I found out that Utah as a reference point has just a little over 3 million. The, you mean the, Utah state, our state, where we live.
1: Yeah, we're about three million. Yeah, and so that's roughly. I mean, I saw anywhere between. Oh, I'm one sorry. I so half... mean, three million people crossed the channel. Yeah. What? Because so, I remember thinking it was like a city, but it's closer to like a state, midwestern state.
0: Yeah. Well, I read that it was between 1.5 million and three million. So I'm not sure if maybe three million didn't cross, but they were part of the attack, but maybe not on the ground. Yeah,
1: because you got you got soldiers, but mm. then you have the whole support system.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, three million people were involved in D Day of like it happening that day of how many were you know.
1: So this is very close to uh, the Utah Idaho War when we crossed the border up there. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. And all of us picked up our shit and moved up there like, take this shit back. Yeah. Yeah, and then they pushed us down because gravity. Well, at one side of Utah, <sighs> we're funny shaped. That's why we're funny shaped. We yeah. were
0: pretty the, good rectangle. We were a perfect square. Yeah. And we all
1: jerked off to it. <laughs> it's perfect. I feel so
0: bad. We're like, anyone who doesn't know what Utah looks like in the
1: shape of its state, they're like, what the fuck? Well, because we have listeners in, in England, they're like, what the fuck is in Idaho?
0: Yeah. So the Allied forces um, assaulted um, five Normandy beaches between uh, Cherbourg and Le Havre in France. And the Allied goal was to capture the beachheads, press onto higher ground, establish a front line 10 miles inland, and then... Mm. They continue forward with their their battles. The good news is is that the German high-ups were unaware of the attack when when it actually happened. Straight up didn't know. That's crazy. I mean, obviously, people that were there on the beach knew, and they were fighting back. But German um, Erwin Rommel wasn't even in Normandy when they attacked. Matter of fact, he was celebrating his wife's birthday, so he left. And he didn't even realize it. The other generals that were high-up also didn't realize the attack was happening until about later in the afternoon... And Erwin Rommel, he actually does something that the Allies really feared was they were afraid that they were going to get reinforcements. And Rommel calls in to have uh, something like forty thousand men, along with a shit ton of tanks, to mm. go reinforce Normandy because they find out like this is happening. Oh fuck! However, Pujol finds out that this is what Rommel's doing because he's getting information from the Germans, right? And he sends the most important letter of his spy career. I'm ready. By building up this entire network of fictional spies mm-hmm. and providing the Germans with information that they thought was accurate or providing it just a little late, he had high credibility, especially with most recent letters, letting the Germans know that Allied forces were moving in great numbers and provided the movements of information of the troops themselves. Mm-hmm. Here, Pujol would tell one giant lie and hope that the Germans would just completely accept it. Okay. So, Pujol, he tells the Germans that the attack on Normandy is just a diversion. It's a trick to draw off German reserves, and that the real attack is going to actually happen a little bit further north at the Pas de Calais. It's in France. It's like still on the beach, but it's much further up. It's like north of Normandy? Yeah, so it's kind of hard because the country kind of is wavy and goes up, so it's northeast. All right. Yeah, that's what he's telling the Germans. And he also tells them, he's like, he urges them, you must send this report directly to German high command. Pujol was telling the Germans <laughs> not to send reinforcements to Normandy. Uh, and he wondered yeah. if they would even consider it to go to
1: the top or not. This is wonderful. Yeah. It's like I heard it straight from Martha and her rutabaga spirits. Ooh. This is real. So Pujol and the British anxiously wait
0: to intercept... More German communications, whether it be by sending it to Pujol as a spy of Germans, like right. giving him the info, or they're just trying to capture anything they can hear over a radio to see if it, if sure. it went through. Hours after Pujol sends this message, they find out that it went all the way up to the top, and it was initialed by Hitler himself. Oh, fuck. Yeah, and the Germans halt their reinforcements that they were going to send down and call it off. They do <laughs> even send them to... You know, Pas de Calais. <laughs> yeah, northeast of the fucking yeah. place. So that's how far, that's how much that's how much credibility he had. Matter of fact, what? so much so that they stayed there for two months while the Allied forces pushed through Normandy, got into deep into France, the whole time they were confused and they kept thinking there was gonna be attack happening at this Pas de Calais area that never is gonna happen. I'm losing my mind right now. Now this happens really well with a lot of different things. If you remember, do you remember talking about the Ghost Army? Yeah, yeah. So this is a little bit of what's going on with that. The Ghost Army is also helping with this. There's a lot of different um mm-hmm. what they call is a uh, deception tactics. Right. So there's a lot of this really going on besides just Pujol and his stuff. But is the one who got it to Hitler to be like, "Don't send reinforcements there, go so, somewhere else."
1: So the for context of so the Ghost Army is like where we had like whole fake units. Yeah. To, to deceive the Nazis where it might take off. And then Pooj is like, oh, we're doing this thing, so I'm going to pretend that that's real and reinforce that idea. That's exactly what ends up happening. So... Oh, fuck! So the
0: Ghost Army has already been kind of doing this for a while before um, Normandy is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how pujol has been throwing out fake information as well. So they're just trying to cause some confusion and to like hopefully divert them to a certain location that is not where the uh, Allied forces are going to attack. Right. But even more so afterwards... Pujol's able to save face because he just told a huge giant lie, but he's going to continue giving them as much information while he's still got German's ears because he's afraid they're going to get caught. Yeah. I mean, throw in as much bullshit as you can while you can. So he does. He starts giving a whole bunch of false information for further deception, uh, but he's able to back it up because the ghost army is doing this. He starts using them. He's like, oh no, dude, they've got tanks. They've got trucks. They got all this stuff. Don't fuck with them. It gets backed up because when the Germans go fly over it, they see the fake blow up tanks. And trucks and armies, and it goes along with other chatter that was going on that they thought they broke the code on.
1: Because there's a whole thing where they had, they had actual soldiers out there just running back and forth, yeah, to look like they're getting prepared, and then like, uh, they gave secrets
0: away that were like, while they were in town, they would like talk while they're drunk to make it seem like they were, yeah,
1: and then just like big balloons that looked like tanks and shit, tanks and and made out of. uh, plank wood shit yeah oh and they had a fake harbors and stuff yeah and landing zones
0: for planes so it's the it's the 23rd headquarters special troops ghost army and that's was one of the main ones who's doing all yeah, this deceptive tactics like ghost army the great thing is is actually it's a great hiding spot for pujol because he tells the germans that he's got spies that have been seeing all this stuff yeah well that stuff really exists but it was fake and when the germans do find out about it they're like oh well that's not pujol's fault that's that's just because they saw that stuff too. We saw it too and we thought it was real, so yeah. it's not his fault. It's
1: not his agent's fault. So Pooch has never lied to us. Yeah. We need to make sure. So what the fuck? It's speculated that if it wasn't for Listener, you need people time.
0: Yeah. You need us. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> This is fucking interesting shit, man. A double agent spy who Come started on. off on his own. Nobody knows this shit. Oh, it gets better. So it speculated, we're kind of getting near the end, but it still gets better. It speculated that it was, uh, if it wasn't for these um, deception tactics that were played out, that the war could have gone on for many more years and maybe even lost. And that includes all the deceptive uh, yeah. tactics that were used. But especially with Pujol being able to send that one letter that got signed by Hitler himself Fuck. to pull off reinforcements. Did huge he, deal. Did he frame that? I don't know. Like, he look did. at this dumb motherfucker. He it's signed it Adolf Dogface. Adolf Dogface. I don't know. The Germans never found out that Pujol was actually a double spy working for the Allied forces. Fuck, so yeah. much so that Pujol's services is actually awarded the Iron Cross in recognition for his services to Germany. He got decorated by the enemy for how good of a spy he was. <laughs> What the hell? He's such a good spy. The enemy's
1: giving him did awards. Did they just mail it to him? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just know they just he wrote got to it. him like, we're giving you an award. You did good. Even <sighs> though
0: we ended up losing a lot of shit in battles, you, we, you were trying to help us and you gave great information. We're giving you a raise. Yeah. No, they did. They paid him. He got him. an iron cross. So he got the iron cross from the German um military which is hilarious <laughs> and dude Pujol was super proud of it he was thrilled he's like oh yeah like, dude, i'm gonna board it by the dude, enemy this is fucking badass like because i good of a
1: spy i was for them when i wasn't a spy for them what <laughs> the fuck and what do you do like if they send you that in the mail like what do you do with it probably wear it <laughs> i would that's actually true I, w- I don't know like check this shit out do you know what i had to do to get this yeah you dumb fucks. so
0: not no uh besides that um, he also gets awarded an MBE, which is a member of the Order of British Empire for the for his services for the British, which he actually was
1: doing right, right where the Queen does some shit.
0: Yeah, it's actually a huge honor because it's I guess it's pretty specific. Like when they give it to you, they tell you why they're giving it to you, and so they're telling to him like you were a double agent and did amazing work. ripple, like, Yeah, here you go. Like and good job on getting an award <laughs> from them. The too. whole time they're
1: just like, Jesus, dude. Yeah, Jesus. So the Germans and does gave, he ask for other awards for all his friends, his quote unquote friends? I don't friends? think so.
0: I think that's all Pujol you know, oh, under his bummer. secret
1: agency of at
0: least with the definitely with the Brits because they know they're all fake. Yeah. But uh, the Germans give Pujol an award of thirty five thousand pesetas. I don't know how to say that word. Pesetas. It's a French monetary unit that it's no longer used. It's replaced oh, okay. by the euro. But to give you an idea, it equals about twenty three thousand dollars in U.S. dollars. And at, as a, the time in, at that time, and in 1944, the equivalent of that today would be about $300,000. It's a bonus? Yeah, like for all of his hard work. Uh, MI5 also added on to it, additionally giving him 15,000 um, pounds for his work, which is about 18,000 USD dollars. And at the time, for today's money, is about $260,000. So in total, he made about $560,000 for being a spy for two different countries.
1: He made half a mil to play everybody.
0: Yeah. He was really just on Britain's side. What a motherfucker. So after the war, Pujols... um... What a fucking way to get rich, too. Yeah. That's fucking yeah that weird it's the coolest spy story ever he gets awarded by the enemy and then gets paid a shit ton of money by the <laughs> enemy <laughs> and then britain who he really was working for is like and you can hear a little bit God, extra for
1: that i want that so bad now So
0: after the war puja later he tracks down his german handler carl if you remember carl hey dick face who was hiding in spain carl is overcome with emotion for seeing his old friend and his star <gasps> agent remember when we gave you the cross Carl never would learn about him being a double oh, agent. come He would on. later die in 1977. Um, the reason why is Pujol wanted to make sure to keep his secret. He, mm. At this time, Germans did not know he was ever a double agent, and he did not want any uh, bitter Nazis to come find him later. And I guess that's... Okay. He's all about secrecy, man. So Pujol, um, he wanted to leave Britain and the memories of war behind and planned on staying in Venezuela, but this is also where a lot of Nazis... Yeah, they hung out over there. Yeah, they decided to try to flee from their war crimes, and they went to Venezuela to do so. So Pujol figured it was safer for everyone if they just thought he was dead, including his wife and son. So he called his British handler, Tommy Harris, oh, and, wait, wait, hmm? yeah, and he told him, what would you like to know?
1: So he fakes his own death to his family? Like, he's so sixth-level spy. He's so many levels in that he's like, I gotta lie to everybody now. Even I'm lying to God. yeah i guess so jesus it's uh i think he just thought in case if he
0: ever did get find out later on maybe his family would get attacked but if he was found to be dead then his family was safe
1: i guess i don't all right
0: so he does yeah like i was saying he calls tommy um which is his british handler yeah and uh tells him like hey spread the word that i'm dead tommy does it and hey
1: tommy i'm dead
0: even a year later (laughs) british they like the government even announces like, yeah, he's, he died. He went to uh the, the story was that he traveled to central Africa and died of malaria um, a few years after. Or whatever. And they just,
1: they just gave him an obituary and
0: so wait, but his wife isn't in on this. Nope.
1: Oh, that's rough.
0: So a British writer named Nigel West in the eighties theorized that Pujol was not actually dead. They faked it. And he actually goes and investigates to find Pujol. He's, he, Follows several false trails where they didn't make sense how they ended. Because there's like, a bunch of
1: fake people attached to it. <laughs> yeah. In
0: fake locations. <laughs> it's like, it feels like
1: he's never been to Venezuela, but he looks like he's looked at a map. Yeah. There's a bunch of fake people. But he, he actually
0: finds Pujol still alive working in Venezuela. Doing what? Yeah, he was working in... Uh, Fucking chickens? Sh- no, he's working in a sh- with shell company and an oil thing. It wasn't going very well for him, I guess. Pujol's such a weirdo. But he convinces Pujol to come back um out of hiding. He's like, You're fine now. It's the eighties. Germany's not gonna come hit hunt you down. So he convinces them to come out and British um government want to like honor him again, like yeah, they personally, be like, come on back, dude, you were awesome. Yeah. His wife is extremely unhappy who the whole time She's presumed like, that he was actually faking his death. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, but I mean that's what it was. He uh he ends up Pujo Garcia also known as the fake German spy codename Alaric, also known as the actual double agent for Britain codename Garbo, Jesus. died four years later at age 76 in October of
1: 1988.
0: What a motherfucker. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I so he was a, I a mean, brilliant spy, uh, very, very clever, fast on his feet. Um, there's times that in the story come up about where, you know, he was with other handlers you know british handlers uh assistants and they were like what are we gonna do about this and he was just like yeah we're gonna go like this and they're like how did you figure that in three seconds i could see maybe a couple hours sitting down and figuring that out but like you just that makes sense
1: it works it's not gonna have any faults yeah awesome he's like oh oh yeah i'm a genius yeah yeah well it's like it keeps making me think of um catch me if you can yeah only that guy was like a con artist right but but he was clever conning everybody oh yeah he did it without having to be in your face yeah like the catch me if you can guy had to pretend to be a doctor and be on the ground that, that's rough one just faked some bullshit about the mail yeah he just made everything
0: up but he was good at it what a fucking con artist um of well, my favorite parts too there's so many but Pujol became a rogue double agent for britain whom britain didn't even know they had before they hired him on early yeah. on in the story. I think that's just hilarious. He's like, I'm going to go be your spy, whether you want me to or not. So do what you love. Here we go. Yeah. And of course that he got honored by his,
1: the enemy. That's just awesome. I think that's the high point of the whole money, goddamn thing.
0: <laughs> money and awards and like decorations. <laughs> yeah. If you
1: want to tell this story to anybody, that's where you have to start is go, a, a guy. Oh, I don't even know how to frame it. Yeah. A triple agent <laughs> got awarded from the enemy. Yeah. And his name's the Poug. Pooj. Poojal. And he jerks people off. No. And he calls it the pooge. <laughs> and he says, buck like a chicken. <laughs> Jesus, this needs to be more known. I agree. That's why we're doing it. Here we are. Tell you, tell the people. Yeah. You know, when we did uh, Eisenhower and Churchill, I felt like for our generation, millennial types, that was brand new info. Yeah. Your grandparents knew that info. Yeah. They don't know about the poosh. No. I bet that's that's not well. So tell them. Tell, yeah. tell your grandparents. Hit subscribe. Tell them to hit subscribe.
0: You might have to show them how, but that's okay. Let us know if you liked this episode. Hit up us on the comments of Facebook. You can also send us an email at peoplestimepodcast at gmail.com.
1: And we love the comments. Oh, we love them so much. We Com- respond back to you guys too. Yeah, we do. Comment literally anything. Your shoe size, your favorite color. Uh, if you had a frozen banana, what you do with it. Mm-hmm. What is it? What would you do with it? I'll tell you what i do with it. Don't tell them. I will tell you. That's for next episode. You have to comment first. though, <laughs> And then I'll send yeah. you. Ooh, there you go. I'll send you pictures.
0: And also, feel free to send us people that you would like us to do people time on, and we will do the research, and we will make you a delicious little episode. Well, look.
1: Today's was a request, and it went really fucking well. Matter of fact, we've had like the last five or six episodes, four of them have been requests. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to honor all of them. We're working on it. Yeah, it takes time, but we will get them out. Yeah, yeah we go. try to get it as soon as we can. That's why we call. That's why we dabble. We we dabble with podcasting and history. Thanks, dabblers. Hey, you want to see a picture with me and a banana? <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm gonna pooja. I'm gonna pooja.
0: Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out.
1: Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch.